Good morning and welcome to today's podcast where we're talking to Britt Bolnick, founder of In Arms Coaching. Britt started her career as a single mom on food stamps and welfare when she was forced to leave her position as a mentor in women's prisons when um, her daughter's father left and she had to make it on her own. Britt later started three businesses, several of which are six figure income earners. She now works with women to teach them how they can to start their own businesses while not leaving behind all of the things that you love to do as well, maximizing your time. In addition, Britt started a pit bull rescue that has been highly successful. Let's listen to her story today. Welcome, Britt. Hi, Britt. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. It's wonderful to have you with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Super excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. So let's jump right in and start with your backstory. So how did you get into doing the work that you're doing today? Tell us a little bit about your history. Yeah, so I, um, well, academically wise, I got a master's degree in adult education. And at the time I was teaching men and women um, in jails and maximum security prisons and really loved it. Um, Got pregnant with my child unexpectedly, took a job part-time working with women in a maximum security prison who were in a nursery program. So they had come into prison pregnant and they were put in this nursery program where their child could stay with them for up to 18 months, I think, when they were born. And that really became more like uh, mentorship and um, this really neat cross between literacy and parenting skills. And I left that job because I really needed to be with my daughter. My my baby daddy left. He left mm-hmm. when she was 15 months old. He ran off with a 23-year-old dog walker and uh, just kind of left us. Um, and I had this, and, and at the time I was waitressing at night to support my daughter still not making ends meet. Um, And to make a long story short, our life just kind of blew up. Uh, We lost our home. I couldn't pay the mortgage anymore on the home that I had bought before having her. And so we lost the building. Uh, I had to move back in with my mother. He signed away sole custody, which was actually a blessing in disguise. And I got a chance to really think, you know, I don't, I don't have to share custody. I don't have to stay in New York city, which is where we were. Yeah. You know, what do I want for myself and my kid? And I knew that I didn't want to have to have her in daycare 10 hours a day. I didn't want a waitress and bartend anymore. And I really wanted to go back to supporting women. So I started in arms coaching. Um, and you know, with the, with the time management skills that I had to learn in order to have the full-time care of a toddler, work at night for the first two years and start and grow my business, I really had to understand how to have more and do less somehow. Um, And that became the basis of the book that I wrote last year, really helping women like us understand, you know, it's not that we have to do more and do more and do more. It's actually that we need to understand what to do to have more and actually have to do less. Yeah. Can you just to take a break right there? Um, could you tell us about the book that you wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the magic of bending time in your sacred business. I love the name it, of that. 
Thank you. I, I love this book so much. I was so proud to, to birth it. Um, but it was basically, it started when I Googled time management back in those days, because I was like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it all. How do I do it all? And what I found was a whole bunch, bunch of time management, mostly from men, mostly from non-single parent men trying to tell me how to do more. And what Mm -hmm. I really understood was that it wasn't that I needed to do more. I needed to understand how to build what I wanted without going crazy and losing my mind. Yeah. Um, The process and those skills really, you know, as I grew my business, I was able to apply those same skills then to birthing a nonprofit five, almost six years ago, my husband and I started a uh, pit bull based uh, dog rescue, which has been a lifelong dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And I applied those same skills. How do I have more, but not go crazy and do less. And yeah. then this, this summer we're opening a third business, um, a brick and mortar doggy daycare and training. Oh, fun. And, and, you know, because of what I was able to create and then teach to woman after woman, after woman in these past 15 years, I'm able to do this all and still have three to four days off a week, still have every fifth or sixth week off, sleep eight to nine. I'm a big sleeper. I really love sleeping. So sleep's so important now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's sanity. Um, yes. and this is what I teach women to do, how to have what they want and be who they want to be, but also have their free time, you know, how to mm-hmm. get your business or whatever it is that you're doing into 30 hours a week or less so that you can you know, get your hands in the dirt, raise your kid, walk your dog, hike the Appalachian Trail, whatever, whatever the heck it is that blows your skirt up so that you have the time and the space to do that. And you don't have to trade doing your work or your calling in this world for all the rest of your life that you love. Yeah. I actually can't wait for my own sister to listen to this because she is um, just really strung out in her work right now in that state of overwhelm. But she's also just started a, a dog walking and sitting business because that's what her passion is. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm always amazed at single moms and how you do it in general. But when you have a huge uh, financial pressure behind that, like many of us can't imagine having done this by, by ourselves. So what were some of the challenges that you faced, the biggest challenges that you were able to face and overcome as a single mom, would you say? The first one was really just trying to get the business going. You know, when I started in arms coaching, I was working six or seven nights a week. We had had to move back in with my mother. We were on food stamps and welfare. And I really had a maximum of four hours a week to build the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the four hours a week where I wasn't either working or having a toddler like hanging off of my body. And so th- the first challenge was really, how do I know what to do that's really going to move the needle in these mm-hmm. four hours a week? Like I can't throw spaghetti at the wall day after day. It's got to yeah. work. Right. Um, you need a strategy. I needed a strategy and I needed the support because while I knew a lot about supporting women and back in the very early days of in-arms coaching, in-arms coaching was parenting coaching, which was really kind of born out of the work that I was doing in the prisons. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I knew that I knew a lot about parenting coaching and I knew how to support women. What I didn't know was how to build a business. I had no business know-how. And that's the mistake that a lot of women entrepreneurs make. We know how to do our thing, our Mm -hmm. magic. 
we don't have the business skills set to make that magic a viable right. employment situation for us. Um, so I, so that was the first challenge, really. How do I move the needle real, real, real quick? Because I was, I was really burning out. I was dangerously close to, you know, emotional instability and certainly physical instability. Um, I also have an immune disorder, so mm. I really can't kill myself. Like if I kill myself, I actually kill myself. I don't, I don't hustle. Hustle is not an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first two years were really just how do I use these four hours a week to like, you know, the button that they push in star Wars, where star Wars were like, they were going really fast, but now they're mm-hmm. going really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> that hyper blast button. How yeah. do I push that hyper blast button and make sure that every minute of what I'm doing is actually moving the needle. Right. That is really a challenge, I think, for all of us. And it's something really valuable if you're able to teach women now to get a handle on that, because it can you can spend eight years going down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out how to do marketing and build a business and and doing everything. And like you said, throwing spaghetti at the wall. And I've been there. I get it. Um, So you work with women in the realms of spiritual healers and teachers. And I'm really interested in what made you kind of gravitate toward that particular sector. Yeah. The women that I work with are all, and I've worked with, I've worked with women who own butcher shops. I've worked with women who are tarot card readers. I've worked with birthing, you know, women who are in the birthing field. What the women I work with really have in common is that they are transformational leaders, whether they see themselves as leaders when we first start working together or not, their visions and where their heart and their calling are make them by nature transformational leaders. Mm -hmm. So I work with women who want to be a part of the change that they envision for the world. Yeah. Um, And that's even more of a reason why we need to understand how to guard and manage our energy. We need to understand healthy boundaries. We need to understand how to manage our time so that we can bring the magic that we're here to bring and not burn ourselves out in, you know, in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to answer your question, I'm called to those women because that was my path. And I think for a long time, I thought that it was either do my calling and just burn the hell out or don't do my calling and stuff myself into a box because I'm afraid of what it's going to cost me. Yes. Right. Yep. Overcoming the fear to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So since you do kind of um, gravitate toward these women, spirituality must have a big place in your own life. So I wanted to ask what that means to you, what the word spirituality means to you. Mm -hmm. Spirituality means connection to me. It means being connected to something that's larger than you are, no matter what it is, and no matter what you call it, whether it's nature or God or goddess or, you know, Uncle Mo under the bed, it doesn't really matter as long as it's something bigger than you. And it brings you into connection with the world around you. And that's really what spirituality means to me. Um, It's very important to me to be connected to the things that are larger than myself and to remember that I'm a piece of something that is so much bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. And that really, that really colors the integrity by which I hold myself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love how you describe that too. And it really can be 
all of these different things, you know, people hear spirituality and they think going to church, it's specific religion. It's, but it's not, it, you know, it really is just being connected to something bigger than yourself. And you can find that on a walk in the woods too. Absolutely. Every day. Yep. So I love that you started a dog rescue. I'm going to kind of switch over here because I've just been waiting to ask about this. I'm an animal lover too. My dog's sitting here right next to me, like he always is in the interviews. Um, so what kind of drew you to, to doing that? You said you wanted to do that really all your life. Yeah, my whole life I've rescued. Um, I have vivid memories of myself and my mother missing dinner because we were chasing a dog through 1970s New York City that was stray. Um, my, my father and my mother once got into a fight after we picked up a stray kitten at a fruit stand. And I remember him just grumbling, they'd pick up a goddamn giraffe if it were by the side <laughs> which was totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, my mother brought me into rescue and we rescued every one of our animals was a rescue um, all through my childhood. And then when I was um, 24 or 25, I, I, I happened to receive a torn up, belligerent, rude pit bull um, from the streets of New York City that I had actually seen a homeless man um, selling. And I had called a friend of mine who I thought the dog would be perfect for. And I said, you got to come get this dog. And at the time I was, it's a very long story, but I was nannying for his child. So I was walking with the streets of New York while he worked. And I said, dude, you got to come get this dog. This is your dog. And he came down and he like met the dog and he gave the guy like a hundred dollars. And we walked away with this old giant cantankerous pit bull. (laughs) And I was like, wow, can't believe you got the dog. And he handed me the leash and he's like, he's for you. You said you always wanted a pit bull. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we wound up together and he was my first pit bull. And um, I named him Boo Radley. And Boo Radley <laughs> was very much, we had what was like an arranged marriage. Didn't know each other, didn't particularly choose each other for love, but wound up together and made the best of it. But he really introduced me to the breed. Um, and all that time I had been working as a volunteer for rescues in New York City. And it had been my dream to have a rescue, but very much like my business, when I looked around me at the women who owned rescues, rescues are predominantly owned by women. What I saw were women at wit's end, women who forgot to eat, were financially bankrupt, were absolutely physically run into the ground and often developed either physical illnesses or you know substance abuse issues because mm-hmm. of the absolute madness that is animal rescue Mm -hmm. and it took over their lives and so for most of my life I was like well I want a dog rescue but I'm not willing to like not have a relationship not be with my kid going to financial destitution again Mm -hmm. and then at some point um about seven years ago I realized you know I built a business. I built a six-figure business on my terms, working when I wanted, doing only what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do that with a rescue? Right. So on our honeymoon weekend, I proposed the idea to my husband. I said, <laughs> you know what would be cool? And he said, what? And I said, we should start a pit bull rescue. And sweet man that he is, he was like, all right. And um, we built it from the ground up, you know, with a team very much using the business skills that I had to create a brand. Like yeah. people buy our stuff because they want to represent pity posse, even yeah. if they don't have one of our dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to build it without, without burnout, without 
we really have never put our own money into it. Um, we're very successful at fundraising. We've built an entire brand that vets turn to and animal control officers turn to. I'm really, really proud of it. Good. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. So I'm switching from the dog rescue back to your coaching, but I had to get into that a little bit. Yeah. So how would you begin working with someone um, when a woman comes to you and she maybe is a coach herself and she is a transformational leader, wants to become more of one? What does that look like when she starts working with you? I love that question. So most likely she would come into our uh, kind of foundational program, which is called Biz Elementals. And the way Biz Elementals is a 12 month container that really um, allows someone to create and sell one offer. Often what will happen is they'll get one offer up and going and then they'll go into another one. Like it doesn't have to be just one offer in those 12 months, but it really gives you the foundational system to take something from your vision to a point where people are paying to do it or buy it. Mm. And once you have that system, you see how you can then use it to replicate and then do other things and get other things out there. But the first thing that we do with women when they come in is we do what we call the audit. And because we have a path that we walk women through that creates that system where you can then take it and reapply it to anything that you want to do. The first thing that we always do is pulse take and see what of that path is already in place, Mm -hmm. what isn't, what's missing, what's working and what's not working. So we take women through an audit where they really can say, oh my gosh, okay, this is my goal here are all the pieces, here are the ones that are holding water, here are the ones that are leaking. And that way you don't come in and start to build over a foundation that actually isn't holding weight, you know? Um, So that's the start of working together. And then from there, we work really closely with women. We have, so there are three other coaches in the program. We have an amazing conversion copy coach, She works with our women around how to craft messaging that really drives people to you, magnetic messaging, messaging that sells, that motivates people. We have a branding and social media coach who teaches folks how to create a brand that really attracts your people, how to get visible on social media. And then we have a systems and organizational coach who teaches you how to create the systems and organization within your business that allow you to serve 10 people as easily as one person. And that's really how you keep growing and increasing your impact and your income without it costing you more time. Yeah. I really like those, those three, that three pronged approach. And Mm -hmm. I can see just from my own experience, how valuable that would be for sure. Yeah. It's pretty much what, if I had had, this is the program that I wish I had had. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking the same thing as I wish I had had that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the next questions I tend to ask all of the guests on here, and I just love to hear the different answers. And and I always find that some of the components of the answers are very similar. Um, So the first one is a day in the life. We love to hear about what other women entrepreneurs are doing. What does their day look like? And I know that that every day can be very different, but if you had to pick a day that, that could be typical in your life, what does that look like? Are there any routines that are like non-negotiables or any rituals that kind of you hold sacred? Yeah, I love that question. My days do generally all look different. Um, at this point, I only work Monday through Thursday. Um, in my, 
I only work Monday through Wednesday in in arms coaching. Thursday is generally a day for pity posse. Friday, Saturday, Sunday are always off. I get to do whatever the hell I want in those days. Um, but starting in July, in arms coaching will actually only be Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm getting it down to two days a week. Good for you. Put time into the new business and get yeah. that up and running. But I would say that a really nice um, general day in the life would be that I wake up um, usually around seven. Uh, the first few, the first 40 minutes is dog care. We have four rescued pit bulls and 11 chickens. So the first thing I'm doing is running dogs outside, shuffling them around the house. Um, they don't all get along. So our entire house is baby gates. So we're like rotating dogs. Um, generally in terms of ritual, uh, I like to do an EFT video in the, in the morning, um, emotional mm -hmm. freedom technique. And I kind of go in and out of that. Sometimes it'll be a couple minutes, just of quiet meditation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll be a couple minutes of stretching or, you know, I have a back injury. So sometimes I'll spend a couple minutes on that. Sometimes it will be an EFT video. Sometimes I'll just stand outside in our garden and just be like, oh my Lord, I love this earth so much, but something that shifts me into being present. Yeah. Um, then I take the kid to school. It's like the last month of me taking her to school. She's 16 and by September she'll have her own car. Yeah. So it's really bittersweet. These are my last days driving her to and fro. And then, then I drop her at school and I get to go to my favorite coffee shop and, oh, I, yeah. and I write for like two hours. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And we, we originally like two or three years ago, we shifted my calendar because I used to do client calls. Mm -hmm. Um, but we shifted out of that too, because I was like, you know what? I don't want to get on the phone with people first thing in the morning. I want to sit. I want to drink my coffee. I want to write. I want to be in a coffee shop. So we changed my whole calendar around to do that. And now that's the time where I'm in my groups answering clients. It's the time where, um, I'm writing curriculum, writing newsletters, you know, just visioning, uh, and then I go home and usually by 11 or 12, I have calls to get on, group calls to lead. Um, by three o'clock, my day is pretty much over. I usually go get the kid uh, around 2.15. And then it's really just like dogs going for a walk with my husband, figuring out what the heck is for dinner if I haven't already yeah. planned ahead. Um, but my day is usually zipped up by about 2.30. Me too. Exactly. 2.30 is when I yeah. about zip it up. And it's funny. Um, I was wondering what you would say about your, your morning quiet time. I've heard women call it so many different things. My favorite one has been um, she creates white space for herself to just be, whether that's writing, whether it's sitting. And I almost laughed because you said, sometimes I just go outside and stand there and look at the garden. And um, one of one of the women in the interview said, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just puttering around my house. It looks like I'm puttering around my house, but I'm really like thinking about things and just moving things around. And then I just go outside and I sit on this garden bench and I just look at the woods and I might look like just some kind of crazy person, but that's the time. That's when you appreciate things and that's yeah. when you get it together. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a coming back to myself. Like I want to start every day right here, you mm -hmm. know, and, and being like really right here. So that just looks like different things, different mornings. Right. And it's, you know, when you're doing what you truly love and you're working within your passion space, you, you love what you're doing. It's yeah. hard, but you still love yeah. it. Um, I, I always say that I love Mondays now. I always hated yes. Mondays and a long career in education. Um, not that I didn't love teaching because I did very much, but it was everything else. It was just, um, 
just all of it, right? Um, but yeah. now I love Mondays. It's probably one of my favorite days. Yeah, that's one of the things that we do with, with our clients. We make sure that however they're starting Mondays, it really brings them joy. Like we have clients who are like, oh, anytime I get a massage now, it's going to be on a Monday yep. or a lunch date is going to happen on a Monday. Like how do you start the week off really grounded and rooted in what you love and what makes you happy? And how do you shift your schedule if you're not doing that to make sure that that's happening? Yeah, that's a great suggestion actually. Okay. I have one other question before I ask where we can find you online. And this one relates to books. As you can see behind me, I was a literature teacher for years. I love books and I love to get recommendations. So your question about books is what would you recommend to a woman who's maybe trying to find her direction, whether it's spiritual or otherwise? Mm -hmm. I have an entire list. Um, some of my absolute favorites, I mean, definitely the magic of bending time, obviously mm -hmm. my own horn, because that oh, really helps you understand how to create the ground, you know, for that, for that to happen, to really grow what you want. Um, some of my other favorites, I'm just looking at the ones that are surrounding me. Um, Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott. Ah. is so, so important. Um, Carolyn Elliott really uh, shows us how to find divided will which is where, you know, you say that you want, I mean, just as an easy example, 20 new clients, but it's not happening. Why is mm -hmm. it not happening? Where's the part of you that doesn't want 20 new clients or is afraid yeah. of it um, or something like that? That one I really, really love. Um, and that's really shown me a lot about the things that I haven't been able to create, what's standing in the way. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love, I'm just going over to my list. Um, Barbara uh, Stanny or Houston, her name is now, um, she wrote, um, oh my gosh, uh, she wrote um, Women Becoming Wealthy, mm -hmm. I think, um, and Financial Wealth, and she's, she's just amazing. I really love her. Um, she's really, here's, okay, here it is. I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about an app that I am loving. I use Audible nearly every day. I listen to Audible books while I am taking walks in the woods, while I'm working out at the gym, and even while I'm driving in the car. A few books that I'm reading right now simultaneously are North by Scott Jurek, which is a book about an ultra runner. And um, I'm reading it strictly for the story of his running the Appalachian Trail and overcoming different challenges. And I'm reading Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman. There are so many books that I have lined up to read. In addition, as you've noticed in all of our podcasts, I ask every guest we have what books they would recommend based on the topic we're discussing. So I really wanted to partner with Audible and I'm so happy I'm able to, to offer you a free trial. So what is Audible? Well, Audible lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. It offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. I happen to love mysteries as well as self-help and motivation and memoirs. You can find a little of everything you love to read. You'll find exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and really just some exciting new voices in audio. 
So Audible also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites to exclusive new series. So as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including latest bestsellers and new releases. So with this trial, you can, as a new member, try Audible free for 30 days. It is an amazing offer. All you have to do is go to the link that I have down in the show notes, www.audibletrial.com backslash read with Carrie, all one word, all lowercase letters. Okay. Thanks for listening in back to our podcast. Um, Love Warrior, just a good one. Glennon Doyle. Yeah. um, Really great one. Um, The Big Leap, I absolutely love for, again, showing us where we're in resistance, uh, which is just really important to find. Yeah, it is. Um, Let's see. Another one that I absolutely love. Oh, Overcoming Under Earning is Barbara Stanny's book that I really love because almost every woman that I've ever, every woman I've ever worked with has had blocks, whether seen or unseen about money. And it's really important to understand them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll just throw one in there that has nothing to do with anything except the experience of being human in this world. And this is a book that my mother gave me when I was 13, which is perhaps the book that has shaped me as a human being more than any other book. And that is Dr. Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Do you know that Mm, one? I do. Yeah. I mean, that really taught me. And this has been such a practical, uh, personal application for me, but so valuable, so valuable in my business. While we can't always control what situations we find ourselves in or what happens to us, we always retain control over our response to it yeah. and what we decide to do with it. And yeah. that is so important, whether you're going through the breakup of a marriage or a newsletter that nobody opened that you spent three hours writing you retain control over how you show up and how you respond. And to me, that's just the pinnacle of self-empowerment. So that's one of my all-time favorites for anything. Yeah, I think that's a great recommendation. Yeah, thank you. A great one, a great, great note to leave this on too. Yeah. So let me ask you then, for those who want to search for you online, where can we find you? So I spend a ridiculous amount of time on Facebook because we run my business plus my rescue through it. So always on Facebook, feel free to reach out and say hi. Uh, I do have like a free membership group for women entrepreneurs and business owners and, you know, transformational leaders called Sacred Biz Rebels that you can find really easily through finding me. Um, The website does very little right now, except house my book. But that is just inarmscoaching.com. And you can always shoot me an email and tell me you heard this podcast and ask me a question at brit at inarmscoaching.com. Very good. Well, thank you so much. This was a really, um, this was a fun interview. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to you. So thanks for being here with us. And of course, I'll leave your information in the show notes of the podcast and then also on YouTube. Thank you so much for having me. It really was fun. And I hope that this is helpful for your listeners. And um, I'm just, I'm grateful for being asked to be a guest. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Britt.